Hello, welcome to the Wednesday, January 2nd, 2019 edition of the Sands and Storm Center's Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich, and today I'm recording from Jacksonville, Florida. One of the events of note each year around New Year is the Chaos Communication Congress that happens in Germany. And this year, again, it doesn't disappoint. I just want to highlight a couple of talks from this conference. And as usual, the conference website itself has videos and such of many of the talks. First, there was one talk that looked at vein identification. Now, this is a less commonly used biometrics where you're using the entire hand to identify yourself. It doesn't use fingerprints, but instead it uses the patterns of the veins in your hand in order to identify a particular user. Now, in order to fool one of these biometric systems, there are really two components that are needed. First of all, you do need a copy of the vein pattern of the target that you're trying to impersonate. And then Secondly, you have to find a way to duplicate that. In order to obtain the pattern, you need an infrared camera, a fairly cheap camera, does work. They use one of those little Pi cameras that you can connect to a Raspberry Pi. And sort of as a proof of concept, they actually installed it in one of those hand dryers that you often find in public restrooms. And that gave them reasonably good pictures of these main patterns in people's hands as they tried their hands. Now, in order to then emulate the hand and the human tissue, what they actually came up with was to use yellow beeswax. And that worked sufficiently enough to fool these hand scanners with about 80% reliability. They did actually do a little demo sort of on stage. They had some problems with the demo on stage, but that was then based on the big lights they had shining in there. They which interfered with the hand scanner. Eventually they got it to work on stage just uh, by putting that hand scanner underneath the table. So the bright lights didn't interfere. Now, while these devices, of course, are mostly found in high security and sort of enterprise environments, the second talk I want to highlight uh, does deal more with sort of the home user arena. And well, uh, that's of course, in and of things. And in this case, smart uh, light bulbs. Now you probably already know that many of these devices have some substantial security weaknesses. Now, one particular issue that was discussed in this talk by Michael Steigerwald uh, was that it's fairly easy for someone to actually upload updated firmware into the light bulb uh, without authorization. With this, the attacker then essentially can build a bot into the light bulb and use it not just uh, to then again call out and do what you usually do with these IoT bots, but also to attack the inside of the network. So other devices connected to the same network as this light bulb. Now, of course, the computing capabilities of these light bulbs are rather limited, but it's sufficient to set up a little netcat proxy or something along these lines in order to then gain remote access to the inside of the network. 
Since 2014, the European Union is running a free and open source software audit project. The main purpose is uh, to well uh, find security vulnerabilities in free and open source, in particular in products that are used by offices of the European Union. Now, they just announced that they will have a rather extensive bug bounty program coming up. It will launch in January and will cover about a dozen, I think, different free and open source products. The program will be managed by HackerOne, so you can submit your bug reports via HackerOne. Now, the bug bounties are quite good, in particular for open source software. For example, you can get up to 90,000 euros if you find a security vulnerability in PuTTY, the, of course, very popular SSH client. Drupal, interestingly, also offers bug bounties up to 89,000 euros. So that's another large project, of course, that has had a number of severe vulnerabilities in the past. We have yet another way to beat CAPTCHAs, in particular, the very popular Google reCAPTCHA. Researchers at the University of Maryland uh, have updated the UnCAPTCHA library. They're now calling it UnCAPTCHA 2, and they claim that it does offer 90% accuracy with the recent version of Google's reCAPTCHA. Google's reCAPTCHA, of course, is used all over the place, and so far this is quite significant. You should never really rely on CAPTCHAs for absolute security. CAPTCHAs typically slow down attackers and can help with slowing down brute force attacks and the like, but overall they shouldn't replace other means of security like for example locking accounts. And in the last podcast of last year, I apparently made a mistake and, well, got the New Year's date wrong. I don't think I ever got that many responses for a single mistake. Yes, all of these responses do count towards the Raspberry Pi challenge. So again, if you find any mistakes in the podcast, send a message. And the easiest way to do that for me and for you is just to use the contact form on the ISC website and then you'll be considered for this Raspberry Pi giveaway. Also, Didier published a diary today with, uh, well, a sort of a little challenge of his own to essentially, you know, contribute to the open source community by publishing something like a how-to or, well, uh, I just want to offer if anybody has anything that they find worthy to be published as a guest post as part of the United Storm Center, well, uh, send it my way. Again, via the contact form that usually works the best and will certainly consider it. That's it for today. Thanks again for listening and talk to you again tomorrow. Bye.